What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. Gate 7 International is back. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Transfers, friendlies, you name it. And we're going to get into it. But first, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Lambro and Costa. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic. Lambro's fantastic. Costa, it's a doing? rainy evening. It's cold. It's like 14 degrees Celsius here in Brussels. Raining, downpour. It's like the worst summer I've ever lived. It's like freezing cold and rainy. But, you know, that's not bringing us down. We're all happy to see Olympiacos playing preseason games. Isn't that right, Costa with a K? Well, I don't know about all that, but I got to say, I'm a, first of all, a big a big hello to, uh, to, to everyone watching. A big hello to both of you guys. Uh, I got to say, I'm, feel, I'm also feeling extremely enlightened after this past week. Because after the little debate we had, Adi, with the, the comments section about whether or not the Segunda División is more competitive than the Greek <laughs> League, I just I just realized that Ararat from Armenia and uh, Beitar Jerusalem from Israel would have killed it in the Segunda División. They would have gone in there, finished first by Christmas, and they would have made it to La Liga and kicked it off with the big boys from Real Madrid and uh, Barcelona. Amazing. The hidden gems you find in Armenia and Israel. Uh, they would have gotten further, apparently, than the Thessaloniki clubs, but we're not going to go too much more into that. Do uh, we not need to go more into that? They're so shit, man. I watched both games. I like took the. I went home early. I was like, okay, there's. I love these summer months with football on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after work. It's so nice. I went home. I was like, let's go watch uh, some football. Adis has to be one of the shittiest football clubs, like playing the worst football. The yeah. worst formation, no shape. Andre Gray looks like he's ready to go clubbing in Manchester. Like, Jesus really Christ, what, what a shit show of a club. And then Pauk comes out and tops it off and just looks like absolute shit as well. They played Brandon Thomas at striker who weighs like 10 kilos and can't play striker <laughs> whatsoever. And then they bring on Samata, the guy who played against us in Antwerp. And it's just the most mediocre of mediocre sides or players. And you're just like, wow, these two teams suck. And then you you watch the Armenian team that like couldn't get past an Albanian team either. Yep. So bad. They were terrible too. Honestly, it was incredible to watch how mediocre both teams were. And I, I sent this in our chat. The best part is going to be seeing them complaining about referees in October, November, when they can't fucking beat teams, mid-level teams from some of the worst nations in Europe. Like, perfect, perfect when Karipidis complains about referees after bringing dog shit to Aris all summer. Like, yeah, man, maybe look in the mirror for your shit management. Anyway. And I'm going to close it by saying, obviously, nothing against Israel and Armenia. All we're saying here is that the Armenian League and the Israeli League are not superior to the Segunda División, just like the Greek League is not superior to the Segunda División in Spain. That's it. Rant over. Over to you, Ari. And guys, on that note, you're not going to get this type of bans anywhere else. This banter is only here at Gate 7 International. Lombro rants. You name it. Like I, and subscribe I'm not if you guys want to continue. Imagine. And, his, and this is tame. He's really mild right now. 
Like no, you but went, he is right now. Stuff. Wait until the Ramon comments come in. Oh, they oh. were. They you weren't here, but they were coming in last week like crazy. Oh my God, Ramon! <laughs> I, I did a tweet. Bring him in, guys. Save it. Save it. Save it. We're gonna save talk about okay. friendlies, but but we'll bring the comments. Bring it on the comments, guys. I'll save it for Ramon. Fuck me. What a shit player. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't forget, like and subscribe. You like what you see here. You love listening to Lamo complain about everything. Follow, subscribe, ring the bell every time you want to be notified. Lots of good stuff coming up. Um, we have uh, the scouting report for Robert Kennedy that will be dropping. Not the Senator Robert Kennedy, Brazilian Robert Kennedy that will be playing for the club. He should be signing tomorrow. He came. He was in Athens yesterday. So we are expecting that tomorrow. When he's announced, the deep dive, the scouting report will drop, and that'll be the fourth one of the season. So we will uh, – you'll see all of that on there. Uh, of course, a couple of messages from our sponsors. Uh, we have uh, Preus International. Guys, if you're shipping in and out of Greece, check out our friends Preus International at www.preusintl.com. Give them a call, 410-675-4696. And if you are a betting guy, we have obviously qualifiers going on Champions League, Europa League. The season is starting again. So we will be continuing our collaboration with BetUS, giving you guys whatever we can, our statistics, so that you can make the most informed bets using the promo code GATE7INTL in all caps at BetUS.com. They will match your deposit on account creation of 125 it's very aggressive they do accept credit card and they also do in some cases cryptocurrency so check it out for your betters out there and don't forget promo code gate 7 intl and as always bet responsibly uh two other quick housekeeping items guys before we get moved forward uh as i mentioned the deep dive will be available once robert kennedy is announced uh be on the lookout. Patreon is going to drop soon. As I mentioned last week, we'll have three tiers, it looks like, for Patreon. Um, there's going to be uh, just a standard uh, standard tier, which will get you on, on the website. We're going to start a, a group chat just for the Patreon members and us as well. And then uh, the higher tiers are going to be uh, some extra episodes, nothing that takes away from the core content of Olibiakos, just extra episodes for your support and then a merchandise tier. So be on the lookout for that. If you have any suggestions, as always, DM us. Uh, wildfires, guys, the wildfires just seem like they're getting worse and worse. They're spreading. We saw them in Sicily. They're all over the place. Uh, our prayers are with everybody that's getting caught up into it. Stay safe if any of you are near any of the areas where the wildfires are for our Greek listeners. And for those of you that are not in Greece and want to know how you can help, uh, last year, AHEPA, uh, the organization that has done some sponsorships with us and that I am a part of as well, organized and fundraising efforts. We raised a lot of money for Greece last year. And when I say a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars for the wildfires last year. We are doing this again to help with wildfire relief, not just for the displacement of people, but also getting money to the proper places for the people that are fighting the fires. There is a merchandise drive that is going to start in August and the proceeds from the merchandise sales, the profits will go towards the wildfire effort that, and there's going to be multiple fundraising efforts in the United States and in Europe uh, for the wildfire. So check that out. We will be advertising those on our socials as well. So you can see how you can help now without further ado, guys, let's get talking. There's a lot of stuff to talk about the theme of today. There's a poll up. Are we ready for the qualifiers? 
cast your vote. Let us know what you think. There's some conditions there as well. You can vote for those. But we had the last of our friendlies outside of Greece. They finished a 3-1 win against Rangers and the 2-0 loss against Norwich. We have a friendly on the second. I believe it's against Asteras, uh, correct? Asteras Tripolis, am I correct in saying that? Behind yeah, the sounds scenes like. Atleti. Yes, that, that's correct. So we had those friendlies, some mixed emotions about the performances in both. One looked pretty good. The other did not look so good. Quickly, guys, uh, what I want your opinions, both of you, on what you saw in the friendlies. Uh, anything promising? Anything maybe not so good that you saw? Lombro, you get started. What did you see in the friendlies? What did you like? What did you dislike? What I liked, I liked in the the f- first game in Scotland against uh, Rangers, who I think are going to be very shit this year, just from <laughs> watching them play. Like, I think they're not very good. Um, I think their their coach, like when I, I heard his post-game speech, I think he's very average, let's say. So I wasn't very Mike impressed. Beale. Mike Beal. Um, I will say I was impressed with Rodine, of course. Um, that goes without saying. Keeney did a decent job on the left. The one yeah. point is you just can tell he's not left-footed and is not comfortable on the left foot whatsoever mm-hmm. sometimes there's easy passes to be played that a typical left back would be making and he didn't make it but he was still quite good he was serviceable and i think he'd work fine in the qualifiers at left back surprisingly the duo of doy and retzos looked very good in scotland and they moved the ball very well on the ground quick passing solid movement a decent partnership retzos for some reason looked good I'm holding my breath if this is going to stand because versus Norwich, it wasn't very good, but I also didn't think it was very bad. Um, Mari Kamara is like, yeah, we, Mari Kamara is too good right now to be at Olympiaco. It's like, it's such a shame this guy didn't get a big move abroad. Yeah. A permanent move to a not bankrupt club like Roma that can't pay 8 million euros for a player because they're so cheap. To any Italian club, all of them are so cheap. Um, he really well, they're deserves- broke. City they're broke. broke. They're basically broke. All they can do is get money from Paramount Plus and the US, but that's not doing enough, clearly. <laughs> so it would be great to see him stay one more year at Olympiacos, extend his contract and leave next summer. Is it going to happen? Let's see. But Ibora, Huang, Mari Camara is a very good midfield for the qualifiers. Very good, in my opinion. I also did think uh, the formation worked well, 4-3-3. I thought João Carvalho was quite good, but I don't want him to be our starting in a starting midfield for us, if that makes sense either. I did think the combo El Arabi, Fortunis, and Masuras works pretty well. El Arabi continues to be in great form, and Fortunis did pretty well on the wing, surprisingly. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. But in this formation, I don't know if you noticed this against... Uh, I, I'm just going to focus on the, the game in Scotland because I think that lineup that started in Scotland is probably the lineup we're looking at. Yep. Plus or minus maybe someone. Um, yeah. It was so right-sided dominant. Like it couldn't go left, that team, in that 4-3-3. Three, three. 
that was something that I was a bit concerned about. Rodine was bombing forward, but there wasn't a lot of balance. That was one thing that worried me. Um, Ipora as well is a very good player. You can see he's a he's long. He knows how to control the midfield. He's also a leader. Did you see with the dive with Cantwell, how he was going at the referee? He was organizing the players. He was putting in some hard challenges. That's not something Olipiakos has had. So yep. all positive from that. Um, let's go negative. I think Pep Biel looks so done with Olipiakos. Like he just does not want to be there anymore. He hates playing on the wing. He's just, you look at uh, Bill Simmons, who I don't know if you guys listen to, the has something he calls himself the, the body language doctor. So he watches the body language of basketball players and determines what they're, how they are, and I think I'll play the body language doctor here and say Pep Biel has no interest <laughs> playing for Olympiacos past like August. I hope um, I was different, but you can just see in the body, the guy is like, does not want to be there, doesn't want to try, and good on him. I I think he's a sellable asset, should probably go. Second negative for me is, if El Arabi is not on the pitch, the team is shocking, like horrible. And the problem is the club needs a second striker so bad, so desperately. And I would just sign someone off the street. It's that desperate times because if Masur, <laughs> if El Arabi goes down in the qualifiers, we have no hope. Like we have no hope. We we can't play Masuras BL combo. It was very bad. So. Those are my first thoughts. There's more to open up. Um, but those are my first thoughts on, on these two games. The game against Norwich was really bad. It was very bad. But there were some positives there as well. And we're going to talk about that Pep Biel situation too because uh, Nikola Kopoulos uh, on Spore FM, there was a, a nice article where they were discussing some of the, uh, the scenarios around Pep Biel. So we're going to talk about him a little bit later also. Uh, Costa, what were your thoughts on the friendlies, uh, both good and bad? Well, obviously, the scoreline doesn't mean anything during friendlies. You look at Arsenal destroying the MLS All-Stars, then they lose to Man United like it was nothing with all their, with all their, with all their star summer signings. And then you see Man United losing to Real Madrid. Like The, the scoreline doesn't mean anything, absolutely nothing. It's all about the messages you get, the lessons you learn, what works, what doesn't work. Who plays who, who plays well with who? Those are the kind of things that matter. Those are the kinds of things that matter. I mean, Labro said, Labro said a lot of things that I agree with. For example, Rezos and Doi, that was something I was hoping I was going to see during preseason. When I was thinking preseason, when I was thinking what we could see in the season after, I mean, the whole, uh, I don't get why Rezos is playing well. Well, that's because he's a good player. He just happened to have a lot of injuries after he left Olympiacos, and he didn't have a preseason when he returned to Olympiacos. Whereas now that he's having it with a good manager at a club that's a lot more stable, uh, it makes sense that he has improved. And I really hope that becomes the centre-back pairing because Olympiacos need Greeks in this team. They need people that understand Olympiacos, their history, their culture, the fan base. We need as many as possible in the starting lineup. And I have full faith in both of them. I feel like Paschalakis might have another good season at Olympiacos. Some amazing saves against Rangers, some very good crucial saves. 
uh, still doesn't look at all like the Paschalakis from Pauk, the error-prone Paschalakis from Pauk. The midfield, as Labro said, was impeccable, absolutely great, but there were times where there was a big hole in there, and that's where Juan Guimbom was missing. So, like, you got the argument from one side that if Olympiacos don't have a striker against uh, Servetor Genk, they're screwed. But on the other hand, if Huang leaves, Olympiacos are going to have a big problem still. Uh, I don't see Mati Kamara staying at Olympiacos because, well, I feel like he's going to be sold. Not that he's not good enough. He had a great game against Rangers, and he will be he will be very very crucial against Servetor Genk if he's around for that, which I think he will be. I've said it a zillion times in the show. Michaelis Marinakis doesn't sell his best players until there is some certainty regarding Europe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves after uh, after the, these qualifiers provided that Olympiacos go through, but uh, he's not leaving before those qualifiers. Uh, yes, El Arabi needs to be, has improved a lot. Three goals in four, five, in four if I'm not mistaken, friendlies. Uh, get, regaining his old, um, his old edge. Uh, obviously, he needs to stay healthy. We don't want any awful surprises uh, during training or that Asteras Tripolis game. Because then, yeah, Olympiacos without a striker, uh, uh, they're, they're going to have a serious problem. I don't agree with Labros on uh, being that desperate where we're going to bring someone from the streets because the same, uh, because then Olympiacos could just use Alcacimpa, who's not very, who's not completely ready. And they can't have a striker ready on time in time for Servet or Genk. It's too early for them. Just like, which is why doesn't matter. Definitely... Need a body. They're you need it. Like you they're can't play. Ma Masuras will never. They're not ready. They're not ready. It doesn't matter. Masuras can't play striker. Like Masuras Biel, they can't would play striker. Would you have Alga Simba? Would you have Alga Simba if No, I, but I would find some random. So we're not that desperate. What do you mean, find some random? There you go. You got a striker, Alga Simba. You don't want him. So Alga Simba is like 19 and a meter so 70. We're not that like, desperate. He's better, than a, he's better than a random off the streets. Masuras is bigger than Alga Simba. Alga Simba is not big enough said, to play striker. I thought Alga Simba was like 2021 now. Is he 20 yeah, now? He's, not, he's 20 years old he's now. He's, I, have, I have it up here. He's not a teenager yeah, anymore. I, I would find some is, random, a um, two-meter-tall guy throwing the box, you know, the, <laughs> desperate times. Costa, you are you follow Yanis, British football. If you're, if you're watching this if you're, and you're free, please come over and be the striker. Like, is Andy Carroll available on a free? Oh, my God. I forgot Fuck about it. that guy. Throw him out there. Like, we need a goal oh, against Surfat. Like, let's say you need a goal okay, for Servette. As I was Servette. saying, no, 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 no. I was analyzing now. As I was saying now, no. <laughs> Olympiacos are not that desperate for to, to bring some rando on the streets. I said, if you're watching this, we're good. Don't Just stay with the box. It's I, fine. I, I disagree. Don't find a striker. I know Chat wants Ramon. Chat's, chat's saying Ramon here, guys. <laughs> I have to watch Ramon we play anyway. We, we have the best fans across all podcasts. We have the best fans. Regardless, uh, regardless, yes, our Olympiacos, when it comes to Norwich, yes, I agree with Labro there as well. See, we agree as well that it doesn't really matter because it's the Rangers lineup that's more likely, that's likelier for those two important games that are coming, whereas Norwich was, was rotated, it was makeshift, it was experimental. Let's see who else we could bring in through the back door. And to, to, to me, it doesn't really matter. Pepiel, in my opinion, is not done. 
uh, because Diego Martinez has, um, has, has, has told him and has shown that he has uh, high hopes for him. But I do agree that this whole thing on the wing cannot continue any longer. Uh, is the team ready? That's the, that's the question that everybody wants to hear. Well, it depends what we mean by ready because we're not, the question here is not, is the team ready for the season? Of course, they're, of course they're not ready for the season. But are they ready for the upcoming opponent? It really depends on the opponent first because the opponents are not 100% ready. And it depends on what kind of dangers and how difficult your upcoming opponent is. It's going to be different if it's Genk. It's going to be different if it's Servet. Uh, I haven't really watched Servet or, or, or Genk right now, but Olympiacos would have really wanted to be a lot more ready for those two matches coming forward. I'm going to say they're not ready because they don't have a striker. They don't have a winger. That makes a difference. You know, the kind of explosive winger. Kennedy's not going to be ready for at least the first leg. No way he's going to be ready for the first leg at least. Why not? So, he's got like 11 days, Costa. I don't think he's going to be match fit for this one. Plus, plus. What is he doing all summer? This... Like eating pizza? What What do you mean match it's not fit? Just, it's, not just, it's not just being match fit just to be thrown in. It's also understanding how your manager wants to play. Understanding your teammates. Understanding the formations. I don't think he's going to be ready for the first match. Freire, but he's, yeah, I think he knows he Martinez. He knows the system. Kennedy. Yeah, but he played for him in Granada, not at Olympiacos. It's, it's different. It's not, I, I don't think he's going to be complete ready. And he, he hasn't, as far as we know, he hasn't officially passed the medical yet, has he? Well, yeah, not sure. a question. It was supposed to be today. We haven't heard anything. Yeah, but so. we don't have that. <laughs> so, anywho, I mean, I hope he is. I hope he's completely match fit. Uh, but let's are Olympiacos ready? I'll say no. But it also depends on who they draw in the uh, in the next round, who they get. That's a good point. Uh, uh, before we start looking at some, because there's a lot of comments coming in, a couple of good questions too. Before a couple we, of very funny ones as well. Some funny ones, yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah. some good comments. We'll get to those. Uh, but I, so my thing about this, and I posted, I posted uh, on socials before before the match against Rangers, I posted some XG per 90 stats so far in our friendlies from two formations that we've seen from the 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, we'll call it, and the 4-4-2 or the 4-4-1-1 that we've seen. Now, against Rangers, I know that on paper it was 4-3-3, but I swear to you that in possession and at times when we were pressing, it it was 4-4-2. Um, and... When I look at the data from the post-match report against Rangers, it looks like that as well. So my thing, my takeaway from these friendlies, at least the friendlies that we played so far outside of Greece, comparing the 4-4-2 to the 4-2-3-1 that we've seen, I am more comfortable, and this is the first time I've said this since we've started this show, I am kind of hoping we stick with the 442 because I think we look better when we are running in a 442 scheme under Martinez so far than in the 433. And I'm going to revert back to uh, some data that I posted on Twitter. And the 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 data in question is related to XG per 90. And when we look at XG per 90 for Olympiacos under under Pedro Martinez, let me just pull it up here because I already lost Pe it pedro it diego diego pedro my god i, I make <laughs> that mistake as well i make that mistake all the time as well <laughs> diego i've done it oh my god alfredo cordon diego and now it's pedro martinez 
you can't you can't stop but um looking at the looking at our our xg per 90 it's literally about 50 percent higher when we're doing the 442 versus the 4231 so uh the average the average did i pull it up by average yeah so in the 442 we're almost two two uh, xg is almost two per 90 it's 1.1.75 1. 1. and in the 4231 it's just over one 1.1 who was up front with the lara in the 442 was it masuras or carvalho 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 yeah and and here's the thing is um the and now we have to remember something so just because we see 442 in that shape occurring uh <laughs> diego martinez diego martinez and uh is similar to like gorbaron where the shapes are changing it's very fluid the shapes in offense are going to change from the shapes in defense. So you might see 4-4-2 defensively in that setup, but offensively it, it could change depending on the ball. And that with Diego Martinez, it's going to change also based on who we play against. We might not see 4-4-2 all the time. We might not see 4-2-3-1 all the time. It's going to change. But for me, the wide set, the wide set wings with Garvalho floating around or somebody floating around behind El Arabi, that is when we've looked the best deeper lying a guy like uh like Madi who's looked quite good in the friendlies and and Ibora that is the setup that to me has looked the best in the friendlies so far and I hope we stick with it um I'm curious to see how things work out with Costa moving forward Fortuny that is um we'll, but we'll see the the thing for me is Carvalho has continued to impress me in the preseason I was not expecting that uh not at all Costa brought up some mm -hmm. other things Guinea I think silenced some early haters pretty quickly so mm -hmm. did Ibora uh, which was nice to see. Um, some of the negatives, um, I, I'm going to say Pep Biel also. He hasn't looked amazing in friendlies. We're going to talk about him later. If Martinez can't figure out what to do with him, you know what I mean? I, I'm curious to see what what happens, uh, considering how much faith he's placed in him. But my takeaway from the friendlies is uh, we have seen pretty quickly since Martinez has come in here, the philosophy of the players on the field is completely different. Uh, we've seen on average the touch count per players. Players last season were averaging almost three touches per possession of the ball. Under Diego Martinez so far in the preseason, it's actually around two, just under two. And you can see that. They get the ball, they play it. They get the ball, a touch or two play it. And that is... That is the interesting part about this, and that's that's the good thing for me. We're not holding the ball as long. I think the pass and move is a little bit better too in that respect. So I'm happy with that because the pass and move last season was garbage. A lot of people standing, not moving around or doing anything. And I will say also, I'm quite satisfied in the friendlies with the defense as well. Um, against the Rangers, if you don't count the penalty, their XG was around 0.6. They did not have really good opportunities a lot of really good opportunities we can say uh, in open play. In fact, they didn't have a single big scoring chance in open play. Even, even against Norwich, they didn't have that many fantastic opportunities either or what were considered clear-cut opportunities. And, and I don't think we looked great in Norwich, but I think we pressed okay as a team. I think the defensive setup is a little bit better. But for the friendlies, those were my takeaways from it. And I do agree with some of your sentiments, Costa. Oh, Jesus, the, the Ramon the Ramon stuff is going on here. Uh, we'll touch on a couple of quick comments. First, um, first we got a quick comment here uh, from TF91. 
TF91, buddy, thank you so much for the donation. Uh, hi, guys. Thank you for your videos. Best channel by far for Libyakos fans all over the world. Keep up the good work. Uh, thank you Thanks, so much, buddy. my friend. Thanks, uh, man. Every, everything that you guys do, all the donations that come in, guys, these are going towards things to make the show bigger and better. Patreon, as we've talked about before, we never would consider doing that unless there weren't things we needed to do. The software we pay for, uh, all of this covers that stuff now. And we're also trying to get better equipment, things that can help us do game day when we're in the stadium. We're trying to do more of those this season. So all of this is going towards making the show better. We get nothing out of this. We love the club. We love doing it. That's why we're here. So thank you guys every time you make a donation for us. Um, now, uh, there was another comment here. Uh, Spiro 7, 442 with Fortunis behind El Arabi. Or with the full BL behind El Arabi. Well, so finally, here, the, here's, the, here's the thing. So, like, now we're kind of back into it. We're kind of back into like the similar situation we had last year, which is. We, we have so many people that can play behind the striker, but we don't have enough people that can play on the wings. Now, once Kennedy comes in, he can play on the wing. Uh, but what are, you, what are you going to do? Are you going to force it to work with, with BL? Carvalho is in great form. Are you going to let him play and ride the hot hand, as, it, as we say? Yeah. What, what do you do? Do you, Fortuny play him out on the wing? He's actually looked okay. He hasn't looked half bad. And and you know, maybe you don't get a hundred percent out of him on the wing, but his his seventy percent will say is better than the twenty percent you get from BL. Uh, but then Carvalho can't play on the wing. He looks okay deep though, but you already have the guys you know you're going to be starting. So it's a very I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm not quite sure what can be done to get the best out of everybody and keep BL if he's going to continue to play like this. Uh, he's got to show something incredible behind the striker uh, right now because otherwise I'm going with the guys that are in form. But well, it's, it's like Costas with the C said it many times on the show. It's, it's, it's that those signings, those few signings that are happening right now, they're not, they're not the signings that are going to car carry you this season. They're the signings that are going to help you go get to Europe right now. Balomata, we call it in Greece. We call it. They're basically they're band-aids, really, right now. Yeah. They're not exactly those kind of guys who, came, who are coming in and they're going to take you to the title, take you to the to the knockouts of you know the Europa League. Uh, he's right there. Yes, uh, guys. Uh, on that note, Costa with the CNI are going to the Karaiskaki on August 10. We're going to be providing live commentary during the game against Genk and uh, Genk or Servet. Uh, there's going to be a vlog as well. Uh, do join us, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. Provided we're not we're not in for another treat. Mm. And I'll be in the building yeah. either in Genk or in Geneva, August seventeenth. So if you're making the trip away, I will be there as well. So, yeah. dude, that is so awesome. But I gotta ask you, Labro, is the stadium on fire? Trade? Does it have a trademark? No. It's all yours to use. <laughs> Thank you, man. You are you're the you're the man, dude. You're the man. I keep I, forgetting to get Stell to send me the clip, the music clip he made, oh, the God. remix of it. God, I need to have that for for the show. Also, uh, Adi, I want to break 
I'll break some news, but I see this comment coming yeah. quite a bit about Zinkernagel. So we, I think, can safely report to you all that Philip Zinkernagel, after Austria asked the club for a transfer, requested a transfer, I believe. Um, and so he was cut. He wasn't cut. I think he basically told them he's done. Um, Trabzonspor really wants him and is inv- is probably agreed to terms with him and is negotiating hard with Olympiakos. Um, the Bruges is also in the mix, from what yeah. I understand, but Trabzonspor is yeah. the most advanced from what we understand, and I wouldn't be surprised if Philip has agreed with them as well. So the talk about Philip being cut is kind of bullshit. He told the club he doesn't want to stay, and they transfer listed him. I think the same thing happened with Bitiki, but not as not as uh not as confirmed as let's say with Philip. So yeah. Yeah. That's that. But that that's uh, Shopi's line. I'm not too sure about that Shopi's line. Well we we'll do we do one of these per episode. Who wants to do the one this time? Uh, well actually Iron Man seventeen eighty nine answered, so th- there's the answer. Oh there's the there, answer. There you go. Yeah. There's, the, there's answer. the answer. There's the answer. Thanks, Iron there Man. Yeah, thank you, Iron Man Stamati. We do this in English, but if you want. So talk in Greek. We'll respond to you in Greek. There's no problem. Um, anyway, uh, moving, moving on. Um, the uh, Lambra, you already covered uh, the Zinkernagel, um, the Zinkernagel yeah. issue. So Let's... we'll move on from that. But there's another issue that, you know, now that we're kind of talking about individual <laughs> players, potential departures, this Oleg situation, we have to talk mm-hmm. about this. This mm-hmm. for me is uh, uh, so, as you guys know, the media reported, uh, Todeka Kotsis reported a disciplinary issue which caused Oleg to get sent back from the UK preseason tour uh, early. And that's Alkini starting at the left back uh, against Rangers. Now, there's been a couple of stories kind of going along with, with Oleg and, and Spartak. So there was the there was first the story that there was an offer made that was close to the asking range of what Lubiakos wanted, but then Oleg didn't want to go because of his his roots. They're like his roots, I think, Moldovan plus his the, Moldovan, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but there was something about Ukraine also, like maybe there was like a, a I don't know. Anyway, with he didn't want to go in Russia for that reason because it was. Yeah, I did. I did talk to Oleg Reapchuk uh, after that friendly with Shakhtar Donetsk at Kareskaki almost two uh, almost two years uh, a year ago actually. What am I saying? And he was quite um, he was worried about the future because Moldova are so close to the uh, to the ongoing uh, to, to the ongoing war, and he was he was concerned about it. Yeah. And so that you had that part of it. Then then was the 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 newer information that came out, right? That it was it was not so much about the offer. There was discussions happening uh between the player and the club that I guess were not sanctioned or authorized by the club. Uh if I'm misquoting that, please correct me. Um, because I caught I caught up on that very late. What they said was that he went that all uh, the way Greek media say it. The, uh, Oleg Reabchuk spoke with Spartak Moscow and reached the deal behind the club's back, behind the club's the back, right? Yeah, which is but and so and this is what's weird about it, right? Because these are two different stories. If 
first, the story is he doesn't want to play there because he has issues with Russia and what's going on. But then on the other hand, it's he made a deal behind their back. It's 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 really weird. But then then we're hearing that Oleg's not counted on by, Mar- by Martinez. So it's he's definitely out the door. It looks like one way or another. How much money we get for him is a different story. Where he plays is, you know, it, it's another thing. And the We're whole thing, lose I, money now. That's uh, the stupidity of this is kicking yeah. a player out of the team. Other teams will see that, so they'll not bid as much, which is frustrating. But it's just funny coming from a club that asks players to bring offers and agree with clubs when they're sidelined can confirm that that happens. So Olympiakos says to Kunde, go bring us an offer, agree with a club. So if you're transfer listed and just like, fuck off, you can speak to any club in the world. But, you know, but if you're Oleg, you know, and you agree with Spartak Moscow, you're, it's like you've committed the ultimate sin, but the club literally asks players to negotiate deals um sometimes like Fadiga is probably bringing deals from France through his agent to Olympiacos so it's just a bit it's a bit hypocritical but okay yeah and well, then we have there's a comment here uh quoting Nicola Copolos um uh about the money issue it's the issue isn't with money it's with a lot of money um it's uh yeah but we'll we'll see uh, we'll, we'll see if what ends up happening. 5.5 million euros and Olympiacos turned it down because their ego was hit. Then they're the biggest idiots ever. But yeah, hopefully I, I, there's me, more to the story than this. Like, ho- exactly. If it's true. We said no to 5.5 million. Uh, oh my God. That it would be one of the worst mistakes, like ultimate yeah. shooting in the foot. But I, I really think that's just bullshit. So yeah, honestly, dude, if for, look, the way I look at it, if anybody was giving you four, four and a half for Oleg, just take the money. That that to me is no brainer money for for Oleg. You got what you got from him. You paid two million. You make a pretty good profit. Profit that we need right now, by the way, because uh, Nikola Kopoulos also wrote when we were discussing briefly about BL, which we'll get into shortly. The reason we haven't made a big move, especially for striker, we haven't made the sales yet. Admitted by the insider which to me is finally an admission that, hey, guys, yeah, we have to make money. I've told you guys this for months now, by the way. I've been telling you for a very long time that the FFP rules and now the squad cap ratio that we have is affecting our policy, and now it's right in front of you. So the the uh, the, the sales have to be made. What we get for Oleg is we'll see what happens, but we need that money. We, we definitely need that money. Uh, to make things uh, make make things happen going forward. Platon Papa, just, just a stupid question, way. Just a question, just a question, Platon. Sorry, just Go a ahead. quick question. Because in those Nicolakopoulos articles I've read, it also says that Olympiacos are so are allegedly so pissed off with uh, Spartak Moscow that they're refusing to talk to them, even though they're offering five million euros, which is what Olympiacos have asked for uh, Reapchuk. I mean, right. that that stinks as well. You're so angry with them. You're so angry. You're not talking to them. What is it? Is this a love tiff? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. 
The the comment from Platon Papas, it's a stupid way from the club for Martinez. I don't know to send a message to other players on the team. Of course, it's hypocritical. We've seen how things work in other cases. Yeah, look, it it Achilles Beas here. They want eight million for Madi, but turned down six for Oleg. Something fishy. Look, we're we're not there in the in the contract room making the deals. We don't know what what's going on. But, you know, we can only hope that the deals will come, the sales will be made. But for sure, don't expect any sales to come until – or any deals to be made, purchases, I should say, until we make some sales. Ephemios uh, Vimos, I has such a strong team. I can't see how we can be in that level the way we are building our team. Um, look, man, the – the project is is being built. Look, we're seeing and we do see some improvements. We haven't seen the big signings, like the 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 real players that need to come in. We've seen a lot of uh, stop gaps or quick fixes, aka the first three players we brought in. These guys are not day in day out. These guys aren't people that are. I think in the end are going to be the most important to the club. These were things that are quick fixes that we need to get through qualifiers. The, the real deals are going to happen in August. Lombardo, why, Costa, why, you guys are I, why are I, why are I like a better team? Why, why are I like such a super team? I think how he's we, talking about their think, friendly form. Yeah, but like I said, the, the whole thing about friendlies is that it's not a reflection of the season that's coming. Friendlies are a much more complicated matter. It's all about what works. Was It's all about experimenting. It's all about mixing things. It's all about rotating. Right. I'm sick and tired of bringing this up. Back in 2006, Olympiacos destroyed Werder Bremen, Blackburn Rovers, and Real Sociedad 4 0, 5 0 during preseason friendlies. And everybody was thinking, my God, this team is going to kill it this season. Throd Solid has created such a machine. And then we fell into a Champions League group with Roma, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Valencia. Like a ridiculous group. We finished last without a single victory. And plus, like, Ike lost twice to Olympiacos last season. One of them was Arya Sofia, which ended their, uh, their undefeated streak. They needed they need to go all the way to the final game of the season to seal the title again, in a season consisted of the second worst Olympiacos since the Petr Nahronia and one of the worst Pauk sides we've seen in the Ivan Savidis era. They need to go all the way to the final, the final day of the season. Do you really expect Olympiacos to be worse or as bad as they were last season? Really? I just Maybe. don't get that, guys. I feel like, why? Are we bringing in all those Marcelos, all those James? Are we going to have a 35-man squad this season? Really? Yeah, but... It's going to be that bad. Your winger is fucking Kennedy, man. It's, it's not, not over. If, if it's not crazy, over yet. Fingers no, crossed. Yeah, the deals exactly. are coming. The but... summer, guys, you know what? If that's the case, then let's just say it. Guys, that was Gate 7 International. Thanks for joining. We'll see you again <laughs> next season. But I, 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 mean, but I can see come what on. people are saying, Costa. It's one thing there to were, write right? us off, but yeah. you can see what people are saying. Even if you watch Panathinaikos versus Dean Pro. Tony Vilhena looks very good. Club, really? A war-torn club? The, yeah, but but I'm talking about I'm not talking about club? I'm not talking about the result, but I'm talking about the football <laughs> when when you watched um when you watched Tony Vilhena play, when you watched some of the signings of Panathinaikos play, it you, you see decent football, you know, like it's not rocket science and you see that they're inserting a few players in to improve what they had 
you see Yedvaj who played pretty well, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, Lam, brother, they're they're coming, they're coming here, buddy. So done with fucking Ramon. The Ramon no, but, but Lambro, I I agree, I do agree with you because uh, I I brought up in the last show. I've watched a couple of Ike's friendlies now, and they they look they present better at least than we do now but that doesn't yeah. surprise me they had to be ready earlier for their qualifications they had more of a team i mean you know that they're building from last season versus we're kind of blowing things up from last season yeah so but it it is i understand the anxiety because people i think based on how things have happened in the past have an expectation that all oh, the the big signings have to come we're going to write this right away no one expected that. Oh my God, we're in August. We still haven't made big signings because we can't. We have financial restrictions. We have to make sales first before we can bring the signings in. And yeah. that's not something everyone's used to. So it's a little bit of a, exactly. I don't want to say reality check. It's maybe it is a reality check in a way, but th this is, this is how it is. And it's, it is, it, there is anxiety because of what's been happening, the gradual decline over a couple of years. And I understand the anxiety there. At the I same think, time, I see, it, I see what Costa's saying too. It's so clear too because I think you just look at the some of the players in and around. Like, yes, that lineup versus Rangers was quite good. It was mm -hmm. presented a nice performance, but then you look at look at some of the players who played in the second leg who were in this twenty man squad, and they're just nowhere near good enough. Like, we can go through the list, and I don't want to start with him, but. Andruzos, Buhalakis, uh, Ramon, Vrusai. I know some of these are Greek players, so they're needed for the list, but very poor, right? Very fucking poor. So I, I see people can be frustrated because that's already five, six players in your 22-man squad, and it, it's tough. So... I, I understand the frustration as well versus when you watch personally, when I watch Panathinaikos and I watch Ike play football, you can see a strategy. You can see some very quality players. Does that mean they're winning the league? Does that mean Olympiakos is finished? Not at all, but it makes sense. Like when you just throw on the TV and watch some football and you see some disconcerting things, you know, and it, it'll take time. Like, I want to say this about Kennedy. Like, have you guys all seen the the head tattoo? <laughs> Personally, I don't trust anyone with a head tattoo. If someone was like, God. if anyone came up to <laughs> me and Tyson, was like, I hope you're not watching Mike Tyson. Like, no, not it. even not not even a face tattoo. Maybe a face tattoo. I'd be like, okay, it's a bit fucking. Maybe it wasn't the best idea. Please but don't if come you to the guy you, Mr. Tyson. If, Please don't come But if your whole me. head, like this part of your head, sorry, audio listeners, the top sides of your head is tattooed, I will question your judgments very much so. What about the angel wings, Lombro? The angel wings on the neck. The angel wings are not as bad as the head tattoo. <laughs> Ari, Ari, are we getting cancelled by a bunch of angry dudes with a head tattoo tonight? I, I hope... Cancel K7 International. Fuck me, I, I think have about a head it. tattoo if any of our... and I'm so offended. If any of our listeners... No, guys, I'm not getting any head tattoo. But just... <laughs> just... I, I don't know if I'm the only person. Everyone's like, Kennedy came from... 
Chelsea looks great. The first thing I saw was the head tattoo. And I was like, I don't know about that, guys. Like, I don't I don't know if I'm on board with the head tattoo guy who scored like four goals in six seasons, you know? So I'm just like, shit. <laughs> hey, so, Hussein makes a good point here. Hussein makes a good point. Green hair. Is green hair better than the head tattoo? It's again, no, it's one of those things tattoo. like green no, head tattoo. Signing for Olympiacos and then going for the guy with the head tattoo, I swear to God, it's just like, I, I have nothing against tattoos, everyone. Like I've no, but it's like the G- Jesus <laughs> tattooing Jesus Christ on your oh head. Oh my God, we're getting I'm sorry. my head tattoo, guys. I quit and evangelist. I, I am so sorry, head tattoo guys, and especially <laughs> head tattoo guys who have Jesus Christ on their head. Like I am a I, oh my God, I, we're getting trumped tonight. Yeah, so please, to any of the listeners, if you have a head tattoo, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Wow, bro. How do you always manage? It never fails. You always manage to trigger, like, so many people. But could you imagine, like, could you imagine? If, I'm sorry. But can you imagine if Kennedy... Kennedy pulled a Zinedine Zidane and headbutted yeah. someone with his head, and then his Jesus tattoo was. Im- I know it's probably not possible. It's like imprinted on a guy's head, chest. You know, it's like, holy shit! Like, I, oh I don't know. <laughs> but if we get canceled tonight, we're gonna go with a bank. I'm just saying it's gonna be the most decent. I like it's a reasonable comment to make. You know, like you, you, the player comes in, you look at a picture, and you're like, wait, what? You don't even see the highlight yet. So there's a, a quick comment here because uh, I didn't see this before, but uh, George Mitropoulos said that uh, in today's article, Nikola Koplos claimed the latest offer for Oleg is six plus one million in bonuses. Um, I didn't see that, but I mean, if that's what we're talking, if this is real and it's six plus one bonuses, like, oh, how, how are you? How, how, it's like, not possible. Like, let's say something as well. We do have information from one of the French clubs that was interested in Oleg and ready to pay over 5 million euros. It's complete bullshit. And they didn't rate the player and they didn't think he was good at all. I'm not gonna they say didn't rate him French at, at that money. We should say they that. didn't rate him anywhere near that money. And yeah. Olympiacos reporters were quoting them going for a bid. So it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, to see it, that. I, <laughs> six million, dude. I, I, I'm, I drive him myself. Who are they bidding? Who are they bidding against? Who are they like? You know what? If we don't bid six plus one, fucking who, who, who Bologna is gonna come in for the bid? Like, there's no logic to six plus one. Like, he may write it, but it makes no sense. Also, <laughs> oh god, Kennedy's gonna leave. Oleg with a honestly, Oleg's a good man. Can you man. imagine? No I would cry laughing if, <laughs> like, if if there's a report like deal the deal the deal with Kennedy breaks down because he didn't like his treatment online. <laughs> People <laughs> can, made fun of his. Head can you imagine? It's like it's like Kennedy offended by jokes of head tattoo <laughs> is now out at Olympiago. <laughs> <laughs> I would, like right, to, I would like to address a comment real quick. Uh, okay, there we go. Reko Stako, what do you know about Petri Nahronia? I'm in my 30s. We haven't experienced this period. Well, Zakuli, since you're calling me Kostako, Zakuli. Uh, I'm also in my 30s. I guess maybe I need to thank you for thinking I'm younger, but I'm also in my 30s. 
Uh, I never said we've experienced this period. All I said was that last season's Olympiacos in my book was the second worst team since the Petrina Hronia. The first worst team was the Besnik Hasi era in my book because there were no play there were no playoffs that season. But if there were playoffs, I'm pretty sure Olympiacos would have finished last because uh, they were that bad. They were so bad that Marinakis basically ordered Christos Kodis not to allow the senior players to play, and he played all the youngsters. Uh, whereas last season, Olympiacos actually turned it around towards the end of the season. They beat Pauk twice across both legs in the playoffs. They finally beat Panathinaikos and ended their title bid officially. They beat Aik twice, and they lost to Aik at Karaiskaiki with the help of the referees. So actually, Olympiacos turned it around, which is an extra argument for my previous points, saying that, you know, don't write Olympiacos off because... Uh, they actually did show their turning. They, they did show that all those players they brought in, they finally started to gel. End of rant. Sorry. I, can I stop the rant? I just thought of something. I, Kennedy scores the game-winning goal versus Genker Servet, and he, turn, he runs to the away fans, me included, oh. and he, he celebrates by not knee-sliding. He puts his head down like this and starts pointing at his head. <laughs> I can just see it now, you know. He's like pointing at his head, you know. He's like, "Yes, I do have a head tattoo." <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and also, someone also said, um, "I think it was where was this comment? It was something about Ramon." Oh God. <laughs> for the listeners iron man says ramon has a poster of oleg in his room and it shows and it shows on the pitch oh my goodness all right all right Let, move, move, moving on to the moving on to the next thing we've been on this head tattoo way too long yes um <laughs> It'll come i, I told i told you we were going to talk about bl or spend some time talking about bl and the major question, because we we discussed it briefly, that we no one has really liked how he's looked in the friendlies. There was the the Sport FM article about him. Oh my God, who's oh like who's saying I love you? Man. You bring it to yourself. You bring it to yourself, Lambro. You bring it to yourself. Kennedy I'm just will have Lambro's name. I, mean, I feel like shirt. it's very maybe I'm weird, but like it's very normal. Be like, oh Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, and not the senator is signing for Olympiacos. Like, let me Google him. No, Bobby, not Kennedy. Robert. And I, and the head tattoo comes up because it's like, it was in your newspaper too, because I was in the sun. It was like in all the newspapers. And I was like, oh my God. So. poster in his room. Oh God. The, the, Lava, you just bring it out of people, man. I I, people just want a place to have fun. And said, bring that, you know? Marcelo. This is is this is amazing. This Ramon is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> left back left in my too good. Anyway, anyway, back so back to the back to the BL question. Poor Costa is like dying over here. I gotta mute him. Gotta mute him. <laughs> back to the question at hand. Going to back to BL, getting back to our our normal train of thought. Oh, Lambro will have Kennedy's autograph tattooed on his head. Jesus, Lambro, you bring you bring it out of everybody. 
does Diego Martinez have time to sort out the BL situation? We know that he already said that he he BL is going to be important to him. He's going to have an important role with the club, with the team, but he hasn't looked good. We saw the article from Spore FM about the options when it comes to BL. We if he doesn't work out, we have to sell him. What are what do we do? What do we do, Lombro? As Gostak continues to to laugh and enjoy himself with all of these Ramon comments. What do, we, what do we do with BL? Do we have time? Do we have time for him to 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 figure this out, or is it better to cut losses and and sell? I want to say something real quick because there was a comment earlier, and someone reminded me. They asked how to get tickets to uh, a game with Amka. Just put zero zeros, as many zeros as it takes, and then your birthday. That's what they will tell you at the ticket office, and that's what I'm telling you as well. So. Regarding BL, personally, I think he's finished at the club. I think mentally he's gone. I do rate the player when he's on and when he actually seems to care, but it seems like mentally he's switched off. So, <laughs> not going to laugh at the Ramon jokes. I'm not going to laugh. I'm, I'm going to be strong. I'm not going to laugh. Um, the... Um, I can't even do my I'm trying to be serious here you know give analysis for you all Vasily Ramon should start working at McDonald's I think his work would at least be appreciated there oh but the, the bad thing is there's people because he has tattoos in Brazilian are like Ramon is that man like Ramon is so bad ramon was like a charity buy from olympiacos to get rodine and some people are like no we found a prospect in brazil incredible bl back on track BL. back on track back tell on me track about bl boys gosta bl does martinez have time to make him work or is it better to sell him ah oh, yes my, my turn uh yeah he does have time but uh I honestly think this whole wing situation needs to end. It's not even funny anymore. Uh, it, it's a real shame because you only heard it at Gate 7 International, boys and girls watching this, from the, from the moment he arrived last summer. Pepier's best uh, best numbers at Copenhagen occurred when he was either a number 10 or a false 9. And now he's playing as a, as a winger. But uh, last season, he was early, he was still Olympiacos' second top scorer behind Cedric Bakambu, even though he was playing out of position. Uh I think that alone shows professionalism from his part. Uh, I understand why Labro said that uh, he's done with Olympiacos, but the fact that he, he made the numbers, he, 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 he contributed on the pitch, in my, in my book, that shows professionalism. So I'm not so sure he is done in that, from that aspect. Uh, and, 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 and Diego Martinez has made it clear that he wants him in the team. Uh, the, uh, the, the reporters on the reporters watching Olympiacos during preseason, covering the preseason, have said that there's been a lot of one-on-ones between them. Uh, and the chemistry, it shows that Martinez really likes him and really wants him. But, I mean, coach, sort it out. I mean, it's, it, I understand when it happened last season when nothing went right, but sort it out. Pepiel is not a winger. Yeah. Well, uh, we are going on an hour here. Uh, so really quick before we kind of get into, there's still a couple more segments we wanted to get into, but really quick touching on the latest of the transfer news. Uh, 
we there is some interest in Pierre Kunde from uh, Bronby, the Danish side. Uh, we purchased Kunde for about one. It was almost two million. It was like one point eight million euro, I think. So curious to see how much they'd be willing to spend for Kunde. Is it going to be a loan? Will he purchase? We'll find out. Agibu Kamara, uh, as you guys know, he was linked with uh, uh, Bafos in, Tur- in, in Turkey, in Cyprus. Um, uh, can't make that mistake. Don't tell Stell. So uh, we we saw that that was linked. That was in Sport 24. Um, we we have heard that that is, we have, through our sources, we have heard that the Cyprus links maybe are not as uh, correct as you would think, but he does have offers from other areas, uh, especially in France. Now, uh, a really interesting sign you guys saw on our stories. Uh, there is an Israeli right back. He's He was in the U-20 World Cup. His name is uh, Eli Feingold, uh, Israeli right back. He was in the FIFA U-20 World Cup best 11 in the mm-hmm. right back position. Another right great back, prospect exactly. like Jerome Leidner. So very, very interesting prospect there. So just a couple of quick little transfer bites for you guys. And then one of the more important segments, Costa, Lambro. We talked about it very briefly earlier. When is a striker coming? Are we getting another striker before the qualifiers? Is it going to happen? Cosa, Cosas Llanos, you, you talked to me when you and Lambro had your, your little discussion. You know, Lambro just said, <laughs> we got to bring in a body. Lambro says, bring in a body. And you said, no, we're not that desperate to bring in a body. So, w- realistically, when do you think we been bring the striker in? If we're not desperate enough to bring it in before qualifiers, when does the striker come in? Lambro, you go first, buddy. The nightmare scenario that runs in my head and should run in everyone's head is the first 30 minutes of the first game with Gank or Servette. Olympiacos is playing so good. It's a hot night, as always, in Faliro. And you see El Arabi chase a ball, and he goes down, and this signal goes up by the trainers, and El Arabi has done his hamstring. Like, this is the nightmare. And Olympiacos does not have a backup striker. So Diego Martinez moves Masuras to striker and brings on someone else, let's say, I don't know, Vrusai. And Olympiacos rolls out with Masuras at striker and Vrusai on the wing. That is the nightmare. Like, because if Olympiacos, if, if El Arabi goes down and Olympiacos does not have a second striker, for me, the qualifiers are finished. Like, there's no hope. There, there's no hope of going through against either Servette or Gank if El Arabi goes down. So, and, and another factor, simple as, simple as Olympiacos is down a goal in the second leg. El Arabi has played 85 minutes. He's dead tired. He can't move. There's no one else to come on and get a goal. It is... A disaster. It, it's almost criminal. It like I don't want to go that far, but it is criminal to go into your most important European games so far, very early, with a 37-year-old striker, and no one is backup, and no one who can play striker. Like it is actually criminal management. And my biggest criticism of Cordon and Martinez. They somehow believe that Masuras is capable of playing second striker, and it's just not going to work. So 
I pray that they get someone in. Like the person does not have to be amazing. They don't have to be amazing. But you just need someone, if you're chasing a goal, to bring on. If El Arabi, knock on wood, all of you, goes down, we have someone else who who plays fucking striker. Because if that happens, if I'm telling you, if we go into Gank or Servette with El Arabi as our only striker and he gets injured, it's that's it. Like it's over. Like we could not, we might not even make Europe. Like I'm not even joking with that because you're fucked. You're fucked beyond belief. So for me, Olympiakos needs to stri- sign a striker and he doesn't have to be amazing, but he has to be a striker. So that's it. Use yeah. a youth academy player. Maybe Olympiakos has never played youth academy players and they're going to trust a youth academy player now. Doesn't seem likely to me. So, um, <laughs> Only in the biggest matches of the season. So. Yeah. The um, Lambro, uh, I will say. Like, it's a disaster. It's almost a disaster, guys. Like, I. Yes. Like, it's code red and no one is talking about it. Like, if we don't sign another striker, disaster, well, Lambro... like, disaster could hit so hard. No one is ready for it. And you're relying on a 37-year-old. Like, it's. It's the no. little things, you know. It's no, and, and I think I think that that sentiment is shared by a lot of people um, because remember when we uh, a, cu- a few shows ago when we talked about uh, the signings before we had signed anybody when we talked about what the priorities for were signed were for signing in that article that Dodeca article by Kotsis there was three priorities at the time and it was striker uh, a number six and then a center back those were the three priorities. And in that live show, when we talked about what what do you want first, everybody said striker. We needed to get a striker. Once Bakambu was gone, everybody agreed that striker had to be the first priority. And of those three priorities, we haven't secured yet the striker, the thing that everybody said we needed to get first. And in the poll that we did about are we ready for qualifiers, 47% of people, I think, have a similar opinion as you do, Lambro. 47% of people who have taken the poll have said no. 16% said yes, we are ready for qualifiers. 28% say yes, if we sign a striker. And then 10% say yes, if we get a full roster of signings. So that's right now. You still have time to vote in the poll. But uh, that right now is the the results of the poll. And I think think that... um, I, I I know it's never going to happen. I'm, I really want to see like a, a kid like Gustulas really succeed. I really want to see Algasim Ba succeed. But either way, regardless of if Binagas. we end up calling one of them up, on, dude, Binakas, I think, is a foregone conclusion at this point. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to feature. Um, but he's I'm not going to go into Wasted, into wasted Greek talents. Like, yeah. Going to but, Nalu every fucking night, man. Come on. Like, why are yeah. they all the same? They're all the same. They're they're just like every single one. They're just they wash it. They completely screw it. Anyway, yeah, it, it's one of those that. things. But before, really quickly, because I'm about to sign off here, guys. Yeah. A lot of you have come in and out of the show, uh, and there's only I see 45 likes so far. But it looks like about 300 of you have already come and gone. Uh, hit that like button. It costs you nothing. It's really quick. And the engagement continues to help us find more red and white fans. 
So you have a few seconds, quickly hit that button and come right back. I really hope that we get, even if it's, we're only, but what, 11, 12 days from the first qualifier. I hope we bring somebody in. I hope we can make some kind of deal. I hope we can sell Oleg or somebody quickly to get money to make the deal because we need one one way or another. And kind of like Costa said before, I'd prefer to get somebody that we also can make use of. I'd rather not just have a body. That's me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I saw people commenting about Hassan. Guys, he had a ligament injury. He's not coming back for a while. So don't mm-hmm. expect that he's coming back anytime soon. Um, we don't have money to make a huge expenditure until we make sales. That's just the the reality. So the, we'll hope for the best. We'll see what happens. And then, of course, before the before the match, we'll have another show next week. But I leave you guys in the capable hands of Lambro and Costas Llanos. And ciao. Costa with the Thank C will be coming as well to close us up as well soon to give his opinion. But seriously, nice. Costa with I, a K. I would like, I would like yeah, but I, just no, go, go ahead. You tell you tell me about the striker because personally, I think it's needed so bad, and you seem a bit more calm. So I want to hear your perspective. Maybe it's shared by the fans. It's not. A, it's not about. It's not about. Uh, it's not about being calm. I mean, I completely agree with you. Pelada being injured, it's you know, it, 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 it it's highly likely it's game over right there. Will Olympiacos get get a striker in the summer transfer window? Absolutely. Will they get a a, a striker in time for the qualifiers? Highly unlikely. Because even if they do get someone. Uh, what are the chances of them being ready for those qualifiers? And when I mean ready, I mean ready to go, ready to contribute, not just being on the pitch and running around and getting a couple of touches. Uh, I saw I saw uh, the name of Ross Stewart uh, floating in the comments section. Well, guys, here's a championship player playing for Sunderland who has scored 40 goals in 80 appearances across all competitions for the Black Cats. Would he be keen to come to Olympiacos when, with those kind of numbers, uh, he could he could easily get a, a a a move to the Premier League or even get Sunderland to the Premier League this coming season? Yeah, I wouldn't sleep on it. I also saw the name of Boré and uh, Rafa Mir. We've said it before in the show, Labros, that Antonio Cordon's method is being a dear two, and what is one of the main principles of Antonio Cordon? Uh, keep it, keep storm about transfers. And we saw Ibora, Kini, Freire, and Kennedy arriving, and they are, and we heard from we heard about them coming to Olympiacos just around the time when the deal was sealed. We never heard Olympiacos are speaking to Ibora's agent. Uh, this guy's flying to Spain to speak to Kini. Uh, Olympiacos are targeting Kennedy. So. Guys, I wouldn't read too much into Ibora, into Bore, into Mir, into Stewart, because quite simply, like there are not a lot of leaks, and we saw it with this other guy, Marcos Andre. Like, I doubt those guys are coming. I mean, and and I doubt we're going to be hearing about targets uh, way before we're supposed to sign them. It's all happening backstage. It's all happening behind the scenes. Talking about a striker from Sunderland, I don't know if you watched the Sunderland Till I Die series. But um, striker who did very well there, Josh Maja is a free agent yes. from Bordeaux. I don't know. Like, he seems like a 24-year-old with an interesting profile. I have no idea what mm-hmm. his salary demands are or what his situation is. But th- there's a few free agents available. 
um, at striker. I, I, I really think you need one. I, I know one thing we haven't really talked about is Servette and Gank are already playing league games. Servette has already paid mm-hmm. one Europa League game and two league games. So by the time they mm-hmm. play Olympiacos, they'll have played five or six real games. Like these aren't friendlies. The atmosphere, the the fitness needed for those games, like you can't make 20 subs. So they're going to be fit. They're going to be in better form than Olympiacos, and we're going to be... We're also at a disadvantage there. It was the same thing with the Israeli sides as well, because I think they played the Super Cup, Maccabi Haifa, before we played them. So we're really we're really at a difficult spot here because we're going to have no league games, no nothing but a friendly coming up with Asteras, I think <laughs> we said. So yes, uh, behind the behind closed doors. Um, I understand so, that it's behind closed doors. Ser- seriously, guys, like I really think we need a striker. We need help in that position. Um, Maybe we can pull a free agent. Maybe we can get a. Uh, maybe we can get a loan, but it's not looking good. So, I don't know. I don't know what to you, say. Uh, we lost you there, buddy. You lost uh, me. Okay. I know. At some point, yeah, we lost you. No, but you. Uh, no, no. It's. Um, okay, I, I heard you, pal. Uh, in regards to Kennedy, I would like to say this because uh, I saw him quite a lot in the Premier League. When he played for, uh, well, he was one of those many, many members of Chelsea's well, famous lone army. Uh, he didn't set the world alight at Newcastle. He went to Watford only to come back to Chelsea. Uh, at, at, in the Premier League, he was between average and above average at times. He he had two lone stints at Newcastle because his first one was, was good. That was before Newcastle were bought by Saudi Arabia, though mind you, but he had his best season at Granada. I spoke to, I spoke to Panos Kostopoulos, Greek journalist uh, covering La Liga for Marca, and he told me that, uh, yes, he did have his best season at Granada, which is why Diego Martinez is bringing him, which again, like, guys, I mean, Antonio Cordona and Diego Martinez are only bringing players that they know. They're not just playing games with agents like the previous technical directors uh, did. And he said that, he said, hopefully he's not seen as a first choice uh hopefully he's a second choice kind of thing but as we said like it's baloma guys like we're th- the team seems to the club seems to be putting uh band-aids everywhere but i do have to say this guys my twitter has been inundated with granada fans uh complaining uh expressing jealousy because diego martinez in their book is creating a granada a, a strong granada side of the past at olympiacos and there have been valladolid fans uh, complaining with Kennedy leaving them and going to another club. And, I mean, in Greece, we hear that Olympiacos have been completely nonchalant. They're bringing all those 35-year-olds from Segunda División. But you know what? Those people who do know the Segunda División, who do know those players, guys, they don't think them they're as flops, those players. Antonio Cordon and, the, and, the, and Diego Martinez are cooking right now. It's not great. It's not perfect. But... They are cooking right now. Trust the process, guys. Do trust it. Yeah, and there's four to five transfers left to be made, I would say. There's, you you, you would say you... two strikers. Yeah, Killian on loan. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I would... Do I dare say 
I would take Wee Joe back for a qualifier. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> That's too far. It's too far. I would take Andy Carroll. Like, does Andy Carroll still play football? Costa? You know? I think he does. I don't think he has officially retired. We, uh, he we, was at Reading, right? I have no idea. Honestly, we, uh, because we're playing. There we go. We, uh, we're playing a strike. If we play Servette, we're going to play a striker named Crivelli. If you guys remember him against Basak Shir. Um, he's really average, very poor, but runs is physical, just annoying nuisance. Like that's kind of what we need right now. Our version of that. Like, so. A front three of Conrad, Vijo, and Kennedy will murder Servette. <laughs> also, I'm uh, I'm debating wrapping up, guys, and going uh, going to bed. But me too. Is Costas coming? Costa with a C tells me in five minutes he'll be here. He's putting the kids to bed. Do we do we extend five more minutes for him? Do we do it? I can it? stay, man. I can stay. If you want, I can okay. stay. Let me take a, a water because I'm laughing too hard. But it, honestly, it's a player like this on a 10-day contract, NBA style, where you're just like, screw it, Klaus, come in 10 days. You got it in your legs. Like, Well, yeah, that is an issue. But I do want Or does like, Forrest have a striker I'll, other than Wee Joe? Like, do they have they anyone? Do, they do have a few. Uh, but, uh, but the thing is that I really struggle to believe Olympiacos can bring a striker, let's say, tomorrow morning. Olympiacos fans wake up. Hey, this ex-striker has joined. Will they be ready for the first leg? But ready, ready to go, like ready to fit the, the, the feature. Hello? I, I have no idea. Can you, yeah, can you hear me? Be, no, no, no. Yeah, I can hear it. No, you, you were just thinking. Uh, yeah. Klaus, I think he, I think he hasn't officially retired, but he's without a, he's a free agent. I think Klaus is. There's talk of I, Nelson I, I Oliveira. That's I the first I hear that. Was he the one who went? He was Ike, or he was in Pauk, and then he went to Ike. No, Ike, or was it the Pauk. other way around? Or he went Ike Pauk. Ike Pauk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Wood would be great for Olympiacos right now. Chris Wood, yeah, there you go. That's a name. Emmanuel Dennis. I, I I do think next week we'll sign a striker. Fingers crossed. Like they can't go into the qual. They they saw it these two games. They need another striker. Surely they thought them to themselves like, ah, oh, screw it. Maybe we can get through with Masuras as the backup striker. Also, the the other disaster scenario I didn't mention is Masuras playing with El Arabi. El Arabi well, goes come. down, Masuras goes down too. Then you, <laughs> you're finished. Ella you're finished. Ella, bro, yeah, and then and then, then you're finished. Go down. Like, like or let's 2000. say, let's say Masuras gets subbed off in the 60th minute, and then El Arabi gets hurt. Then you have no striker. So, Costa, Costa with a C is preparing to come on but i don't think he's ready to come on he's being quizzed about a subject it looks like off stage 
guys, I can't play striker. Sorry, Sparrow, I can't play striker. And uh, Lazaros uh, has been loaned out, so Lazaros Wait, can't compete either. What happened to Lazaros? He's gone. He's loaned. He's loaned out to my sister, so he's unavailable for the Servet slash Gank games. He can't make the trip. You're guys. kidding me. I'm really sorry. He's loaned out to my sister. Yes, sir. I, I'm actually devastated. Uh, like he is he was my sister's cat. Oh, okay, okay. So you got loans, Lazarus, and then it was over. Okay, the loan was called recall. Fucking financial fair play. Exactly. FFP. We'll start with a C. Are you ready to come on? I don't know. He's ready to come on, baby. Yeah, he is. And he's going to tell us why we don't need a striker and Masura's the best backup striker anyone could ever have. (laughs) What's happening? Also... Zach, I think, thinks I'm bad luck. I'm going to stop talking. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> like, I swear I'm going to be sworn at so hard if anything happens to Al Arabi. Someone is going to, like, literally kill me. But, so, of course, yeah, tell it's us. Pretty, it's pretty bad up front, isn't it? I mean, if yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. If Al Arabi is not fit, but I don't know who's... I mean, we're getting goals from midfield during the during the friendlies, I mean, the last, against Rangers, that is. Um, but, I mean, if, if there's one thing I'm surprised about from the friendlies is that BL didn't get more time as a as a false nine, right, to play up front. Uh, I think the Masuras, the Masuras experiment was just, he's just, he's not a striker, man. He's good at running in on the far post. Absolutely uh, Getting not. those kind of, Getting those like one touch finishes, um, it's just not like it's not boding well for us if El Arabi gets hurt. Of course, I hope he doesn't. But even um, he's thirty seven. Like, can he play ninety minutes? Like, not even, like let's say. And, and the other side is let's say you're in the second leg and you need another goal and you want to throw on another striker. You don't have another striker. It's just. It seems criminal from football logic. Like I, it's the one mistake that I've seen that I'm just like, this is gonna kill them if they don't get a striker in. It's like, who are you gonna get goals from? Otherwise, I mean, exactly. So we've seen during the friendlies that he got the goals in the first two games. Uh, was it uh, Slovakia and Nordzeland? Uh, and then the third one, I can't. Sorry, I can't remember. But um, was it Carvalho got goals against yeah, Rangers? It was, for, it was two from Carvalho, Fortunis, and uh, the other one was Masuras. Was it Masuras Mas- in the third game? I don't think it was Masuras. It was Masuras. I thought it was three-one. Wasn't the game three-one or was yes, it four-one? Yes, yes, yes. Two from Carvalho and one from Fortunis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about the other games though. So the first two friendlies, El Arabi scored. El Arabi scored. and Nojela. scored. Pepiel scored a goal as well. Okay, that's, that's, that's blanked from my mind now, but uh, you think, like, I think you mentioned it. I think you mentioned it, Labrador, during the show. I was listening on and off. Like you look at the options coming off the bench, and if you if you think he takes the Rangers team as his starting lineup, then all right, who can you bring on to kind of try and change the game? If it's not going well and you think mm, maybe BL, but he hasn't really shown that 
for me in the in the friendlies. He's always played wide out on the right. And I've said this before on the show, when it's against a, a team that's below us, then it, it can work. Kennedy, like can Kennedy be a game changer? There are what there are less than two weeks until the first game. Can he really like bed in and integrate so quickly? I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but besides obviously having played for for Martinez at Granada, he's played with, with Rodine at Flamengo. So um, they've played together on the right wing. That could be that could be a go-to option for the manager. That's the only thing I can really think of. Like, who else do you bring on? Like, hey, you got you got Maddie and Huang. I'm not so sure that we'll start those two in midfield. I I think Carvalho's Carvalho's earned the spot for the first game. As much as I would love to see a Huang Madi Ibora midfield, I think that's really strong. I don't see that happening, and I see maybe Huang coming off the bench. Um, and again, like I, I, I'm on holiday, so I didn't get to watch the second half yesterday. I was at a wedding. I didn't get to watch the second half yesterday, so I don't know what how how Huang looked. Um, he didn't play. But, you know, the, Did he play? He came on. He came on. Yeah. He came on, but really, I completely yeah. missed that. I watched the game. Like I watched the game. I think uh, he, I think he played twenty five minutes. Okay, I turned yesterday. it off maybe in the second half because I was just my eyes were starting to close. It, it's not, it's not that we. I watched the first half and it, it, look for the team that he put out. You saw some of the same things that we've seen in the previous games. That the the intent to press high up the field and try and force errors, and then like smack them on the counter as quick as we can, and it like I think more more in the second half some highlights that I saw it that, that there was a few occasions that, that there was a Masura shot, uh, Vrusai shot um, assisted from Fortunis where you know Vrusai was in the box and he didn't even hit the target. And then Masuras was outside the box and he, you know, tried to slalom and a shot from outside the box instead of passing it. And it's always those kinds of things that frustrates you with, like, Vrusai in particular, man. Like, Vrusai, that chance, man, I don't know if you saw it, was so bad. So yeah, bad. Yeah, it's like, at least hit the target. At least hit the target, mate. That was bad. Nothing. Yeah. Uh... And again, I think you mentioned it and loads of people have been tweeting out about it. So it's 2023 and we still have Andrutos, Rusai, Bukhalakis. Like, no disrespect meant, but like Bukhalakis um, playing for a Spanish coach that emphasizes like so much or puts a lot of emphasis on passing accuracy and maintaining possession. The amount of times that I've seen Bukhalakis play a bad pass over the last few friendlies that have led to opposition counterattacks just makes me think there's no way this guy's going to get playing time or he's not, you know, I don't see him. I don't see him getting playing time. And I think if an offer comes in, he's gone, but who's going to make an offer to take him? Yeah. It's just some of these players you think at, at this point, well, guys, I'm going uh, I'm I'm to have to join you. 
No, no, I'm going to have to join you after the game. We're going to have to see what happens. Uh, Costa and I, we're going to be at the game, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully yeah. to see as many of you as possible, guys. I'm going to have to uh, to take off. So uh, here's to everything. And uh, soon. Talk soon, Costa. See you, Costa. But, but one thing I think to myself is some of these players like Vrusai, Andrusos, Buhalakis, like they're just not good enough at the moment for Olympiacos, but like they have no option elsewhere in Greece to go, you know, like if Aris had half a brain, they would take players like Vrusai, Andrusos and Buhalakis, but there's nowhere for them to go. So they're a bit stuck because their egos are too big to be like, fuck it. I'm going to Athromitos. They're like not going there because they think like I'm Olympiacos, whatever. It's it's a shame because you can't move these players on. And Giannis, my man, is Buhalakis that much worse than Ibora? Ibora is like here. Buha, let's not even uh, let's not even have the conversation about uh, about that. Yeah, Ibora, come... don't a, but... a guy who's won the Europa League like six times compared to Andreas Buhalakis. Like, come on, guys, come on. Yeah. He's a classy player. I mean. I really just, like just, him. Yeah. It makes it look so simple. And that's what you want from a player in that position. Like he plays with both feet, plays with his head up. Uh, he can, he can, like his his passing, even against Norwich the other day, like pings a 20, 25 yard ball from the centre over to the wing to feet. And it's just, you know, effortless. And that's what you need. And, you know, okay, you, you said it yourself. Like he's a player that's won the Europa League four times. So, yeah, the answer to that question is yeah, he's that much, that much better than Buchalagis. Uh I just saw, I just saw that our good friend Gus Drax will be in Athens on the tenth of August. Gus, if you're still online, would love to see you, my man, uh, on the tenth of August for sure. So let's let's talk about that uh, offline. What else have we got? Um, I saw that you guys had some good jokes about Ramon and. Yes, Ramon. someone's asking me, "Am I in heels to to marry Ramon?" Like, come, on. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You missed the. I, I don't know if you were here for the Kennedy head tattoo moments. You may need yeah, to rewatch that. that. I saw that too, and I was saying, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Kennedy gets a tattoo of Oleg on his head. <laughs> <laughs> But do you, do you agree with my assessment when you, you hear the name Kennedy and you're like, oh, shit, let me boom, 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 type him in. And the first thing you see is a head tattoo. It's not you like it's a little disconcerting, right? Like, I'm not the only one here. It's like, oh, shit, head tattoo. I, I don't know, man. Like these these guys that come out of Brazil, like from you know, out of the favelas and stuff, like they've got tats everywhere like i don't really think it means so much but like you, you know no, that no, these no. these like all, all of these guys they're like from super like poor neighborhoods and poor families and like raised in the streets and you know god awful conditions like you know it's life and death every day and then you know football brings football them out. Because, exactly it brings them out it gives them uh, wealth and supports supports their family you know it's their profession yeah. So I don't know the head, the whole head tattoo things. Like, yeah, it's not a great look, but who am I to tell? Like, I, I 
don't really give a shit. Like if he has a head tattoo and he performs on the pitch, don't really care. Let's see. Um, of course, but like he looked great when he was at at Granada with um, with Martinez, and we all hope he can reproduce that. But but honestly, mate, like um, there'll be a deep dive by the way on on Kennedy as soon as he's announced. That's ready as soon as it's announced. It will go live on the channel so like subscribe hit the bell hit the bell so that when the episode goes up uh, you can watch the deep dive yeah. um i was gonna say who's better than him right now if you look at our wings you don't have one yeah still don't have wingers still don't have center forward um we're all we're all happy and is having a good preseason. but how long is it how long is it gonna last yeah you know and i know it's hard i i know it's hard like people are you know, fans are impatient about transfers in football fans are super impatient about transfers in uh in the basketball team there's somebody uh, somebody in the chat asking me about kendrick nunn um mm. it, it, you know do do you want to go out there and and pick up a striker that's you know average because we're, you know, because we're rushing, or do you want to try and go for a, okay, I'm, I'm saying this name because it was reported, if you do want to go for a Rafa Bore, like the Colombian that plays for Frankfurt, is that the kind of profile you want to go for? If you want to go for that kind of profile, it's not going to, it's going to take some time. So do we need two strikers? I don't know. Uh, def- definitely, obviously need another striker, but then... Do you stay with um Bar? So we've we've learned that the reason Algasim didn't travel to the UK was for reasons that had to do with his um like his stay in Greece, like his paperwork, visa and whatnot. There was a story about him um there was a story about him going back from AFCON to Greece for a day for paperwork. That was about his residency. And now this is about his visa. So it was two different things, um, we're, we're told. So he is on a special, like personalized training program so that he can keep fit after AFCON and integrate into the team. So maybe he gets playing time against Asteras on Wednesday in the last friendly, something to look out for. Um, it, you never know. You never know if he might end up being the the third option. Um, it looks like Dimitris Pinagas is finished. Right? Does is not talked about anywhere. Um, yeah. To be expected. To be expected. Yeah. So. I I just think we need a striker so bad before I. Maybe Augustine Bob, maybe that's the tactic. Maybe he's the second striker that they're counting on. They just couldn't bring him to the UK. So they're going to run him out against Asteras uh, and see whether that's a go. And maybe they have a plan B if it goes to shit and they they activate it. But I was telling Costa, Gank and Servet, Servet in particular I know because I follow them, have already played two league games and one Europa League game. So they're 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 playing competitive football. They're they're all out here now. So they're before they play us, they'll probably have played six competitive games, probably. 
that's not a joke. That's like pretty to play 11 guys, pretty much the same 11, six games in a row versus 11 guys who are just playing their first game of competitive football. Like for any team in the world, that's going to be difficult. So I think for our first game, the first 20 to 30 minutes is going to be really big to just not get overwhelmed maybe with the difference. And then also at the end of the game, some of the the fitness issues will show. So need to remember that as well. I mean, it was the same when we played um, Lucerne some years ago. Was it uh, Martin's yeah. first season? The, the Swiss league starts early yeah. and we played them in early qualification round uh, before we played Burnley, wasn't it? So yep. it was around the same, around the same time. And, you know, we, we walked, we walked all over them and we we've did. got, we've got decent, decent record against Swiss teams. Records mean shit to me, uh, but they're still, still facts compared to playing a Ukrainian team, for example, or an Israeli team, God forbid. Um, mm. But I mean, I saw that Savet went two 0 down against Zurich the other day, and they At pulled home. it back. Yeah. yeah. So, but but okay. Um, to you know, to to play at the highest level and to play in these competitions, you have to you have to you have to win. You have to beat teams. So that's what we have to do. I I do like what I'm starting to see from from the team and you know some of the identity that he's trying to put into into the team again but you know the bar is obviously really low because of where we were and what we saw the last season and yeah. more than a season in terms of regression and football playing style with you know it's back it's coming back to that kind of Spanish Olympiacos isn't it it's not quite it's not quite Valverde high press. You know, Valverde there is a press. press. There is a press. Yeah, the goalkeeper more... of Norwich made a few mistakes. Yeah. Same, same with the but, Rangers keeper a few times. But the, the the Valverde press was really like you, you strangle the opponent. It's like it's relentless. It was relentless pressing, and this is more kind of controlled, calculated. It's like yeah, yeah controlled press in certain areas and certain moments when they smell, when they smell that a mistake can happen, they, yeah. they make the press into the corners and you've seen that in every single game, but not only because you remember like Martin's preseason last season, the only way we could create anything was from press. Yeah. Um, but now there's like possessions much better. Like we move the ball around but we saw against Norwich, we couldn't move the ball past the halfway line. It was just like pass from centre back down mm -hmm. to the wing back, back to the centre back, back to the keeper, to the wing back, to the defensive midfielder, back to the wing back. It's like it couldn't couldn't get the ball forward, pass the ball to to Biel in the wing, dispossessed, start again. Like yeah. that that was that midfield was, was so bad though in that first half. Buhalakisibora, Agibu. No. That's like a terrible. That's not. That's not gonna. We're not gonna see that again. But that was just. That was really bad. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see that double pivot again. We may never Ibora. see Buhalakis and Agibu again. That's maybe that's not that's a stretch, but you know, let it, alone playing together with Ibora. So, yeah. So let's see. Did you did you talk about Kamara? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. 
what's going to happen? Is he going to extend for one more year and we try to sell him next summer or we try to get through the qualifiers and then we sell him? That's the question, I think. Um, I think... I think the strategy is to use him. I think there's there must have been some kind of conversation where they've said, look... And an agreement with him as well. Yeah, was, it's like... It's like he has one year contract left, right? So he, he can yeah. he can negotiate with anyone freely as of January. And so I think the conversation that's been had or that needs to be had is that, you know, listen, you love the club. Uh, Madi acknowledges that Olympiacos raised his level. He's playing League Two football, came to Olympiacos. His market value is like around eight to 10 million. Played for Roma etc so okay you want to get your transfer then help us qualify and then you know you you he will probably have hopefully played a key role in helping us get to qualifiers and then uh and then you know bids will come in on the back of hopefully good performances of of his and and you know maybe that maybe that's the deal maybe that's the deal or maybe that you know even better, an even better version would be to say, "Listen, um, sign one, sign a one-year extension, stay with us for for one year, uh, help us build a new project, and then we talk again next summer." Yeah. If if he if he loves the club that much, yeah. I think minimum. I think minimum he's here with us until until the end of the summer. Yeah, I think that's right. And on. On that note, I think we're going to wrap up because we're an hour and 40 minutes plus now. Um, so on that note, everyone, thank you so much if you made it this far. And remember, so many of you are here. If you could hit a like, subscribe, hit the bell as well. Um, that would be fantastic. Supports us, supports the channel, and helps grow the community. So we will be back next week to preview the match, essentially. We're a week, aw- a week away before a week away, I guess you could say. So, um, guys, thank you so much for following, having some banter, having some jokes. Until next time, we'll speak soon. Have a good evening. Have a good morning to those of you listening on a Monday morning. And have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Gatti magica,